0: Millions of Americans need insulin to live. But for decades, 1 in 6 of them haven't been able to afford it.
1: Antoinette Warsham carries the ashes of her 22-year-old daughter Antavia, who died last year after being forced to ration insulin she couldn't afford at $1,000 a month. It's either pay your rent, pay your car payment, or get your medication.
0: Now, after decades of public pressure, one of the world's biggest insulin producers is saying it will cap the price.
1: Drug maker Eli Lilly says it will cap out-of-pocket costs for insulin at $35 a month.
0: But even that price would have the creators of this drug rolling in their graves. Ahead on Today Explained, we're gonna figure out how a cheap drug got so expensive, and whether a price cap on insulin could lead to cheaper drug costs across the board. Support
1: for Today Explained comes from Lumen. Have you looked in the mirror lately, Lumen wants to know, and found yourself surprised by dark circles or fine lines? You may want to consider Lumen, which is a skincare line crafted especially for men who want to look and feel their best. Their dark circle defense balm is a lightweight gel that Lumen claims can instantly plump dehydration lines— and reduce the appearance of dark circles, Sean. You can head over to lumenskin.com slash today and get your free trial of Lumen's Dark Circle Defense Balm and other products now. Your skin just might thank you.
0: Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences. So there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more
2: with Viator.
1: today explain
2: my name is Dylan Scott, and I'm a senior correspondent covering healthcare at Vox.
0: How big of a game changer is this price cap on insulin?
2: What's interesting about this is that Eli Lilly is voluntarily capping out-of-pocket costs every month for insulin customers at $35. And essentially matching what Congress authorized for people on Medicare in the Inflation Reduction Act last year. For the first time in history, there will be cost controls for prescription drugs through Medicare. President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act will soon rein in some drug prices covered under Medicare. Those Eli Lilly is doing is saying for people who have private insurance and even for people who are uninsured, they're going to get the same benefit. They will only have to pay $35 a month for their insulin prescription. So, you know, that is a really big deal. You know, if people who are uninsured certainly can be exposed to the really high prices uh, for insulin that we currently have. You know, those list prices can be as much as like $250. Yikes. And even people who have commercial insurance, you know, if they have a high deductible plan, for example, where they have to spend, you know, like $5,000 of their own money before their benefits kick in. For those folks, especially, this could have a really meaningful effect in making insulin more affordable.
0: So just tell us what this means for people with insurance, without insurance, who rely on insulin. Do they just walk into the pharmacy, throw down $35,
2: and they're set for a month? What's the reality? So for people who have private insurance. It should be that simple. For people who are uninsured, it's a little bit more complicated. So what Eli Lilly has asked them to do is download a like digital savings card. So like something you I presumably could carry around on your phone and you would show that at the pharmacy and you would get the same benefit, the same $35 prescription for your insulin. So, you know, there's a little bit of an extra burden for people who are uninsured versus people who have commercial insurance. They're trying to make it a relatively light lift, it seems like. But, you know, you always worry when there's like additional steps that people have to take to, you know, take advantage of a benefit like that or otherwise access their health care.
0: How many people in this country, Dylan, rely on insulin?
2: So there are about 8 million people in the United States who depend on insulin every day. Wow. For people with type 1 diabetes, which is usually the type that develops early in life, insulin is like... Absolutely essential. They can't live without it. And even for people with type 2 diabetes, which tends to develop later, you know, some of those people also, their disease progresses to the point that they rely on insulin every day, too. My dad is one of those people. And we know, you know, before some of these recent actions by Congress and now by Eli Lilly, that a lot of those people struggled to afford this medication that they depend on to survive. Something like one in six people have said in surveys that they ration their insulin supply because of the cost. So Hmm. there's been a long drumbeat for somebody to do something to make insulin more affordable. And so now we are finally starting to see some progress. So why is this happening now? Did the drumbeat get really loud? Yes. For one, there's just been this really persistent call for insulin in particular to be made more affordable.
0: Dozens of people protesting outside Eli Lilly here in Indianapolis, they're demanding lower insulin prices.
2: Given the number of people who depend on it, given the fact that it's like literally an essential medication, something that people need in order to survive, you know, I think that has created the sustained pressure to do something about insulin in particular.
0: Several people shared stories about rationing insulin because of the price. Erin Weaver says it killed her son. My mother's
2: heart is furious. (laughs)
0: Especially on their website when they say that
1: Lily cares. If Lily cared, they wouldn't be killing their consumer base.
2: That's why it got singled out by Congress last year for that $35 a month cap. And, you know, we're starting to see states develop even more ambitious plans about how to bring down the cost of insulin. So the most exciting proposals would actually involve states producing their own generic insulin and selling it basically for that $10 cost that it takes to produce it. Nothing, nothing epitomizes market failures more than the cost of insulin. So California has put some real money behind this effort. They've authorized $100 million in funding to eventually produce a public generic insulin. $50 million will go towards the development of low-cost insulin products, and an additional $50 million will go towards a California-based insulin
0: manufacturing facility that will provide new, high-paying jobs and a stronger supply
2: chain for the drug. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has called for her state to do the same thing, put about 100 Hundred and fifty million million behind a program to produce their own public insulin.
1: Some people travel across the border to Canada to get their prescription drugs. And some cry when they refill their medication, knowing that the prescription drugs
2: are saving their life, but the cost is killing them. And Maine and Washington are at least taking a look at the same idea. There's also been some nonprofit efforts. There's a group called Civica RX, which is basically a cooperative of hospital systems that is planning to develop its own generic medications and they're starting with insulin. What Civica is, is the first of its kind, not-for-profit
0: generic drug company that's truly organized in a way that nobody owns it. That the only value, the only value that it can distribute
2: is to the patients it serves. And so there's just like, it's become clear that sooner or later, a cheaper generic insulin is going to come on the market in an attempt to disrupt these Major drug manufacturers business that thus far they've been able to dominate for almost 100 years at this point. And so I think that's what these guys are trying to get ahead of by voluntarily taking these steps to lower people's out of pocket costs. They know that unless they do something, you know, lawmakers are only going to become more aggressive about taking their own steps to try to make insulin more affordable. So why not get ahead of the game a little bit? They've had some embarrassing public episodes recently too. Like, you know, there was that Twitter impersonator who, after Elon Musk made all those verification changes to Twitter, basically made a uh, Lilly impersonation account. Oh, yeah. If you've been on Twitter in the past week, you've no doubt seen the chaos
0: that Elon Musk's new pay-for-play account verification system has created. A phony verified account for pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly tweeted that it would begin offering insulin for free. And everybody freaked out. The company's stock price tanked by more than 4%.
2: And Punk you, rock. And it kind of culminated with the company's own CEO acknowledging, like, yeah, insulin probably should be more affordable.
0: How much money is Eli Lilly going to lose by reducing the price
2: here? So that's an open question. Um, I do think it's telling that after Eli Lilly announced this news, the company's stocks went up. Huh. And some of the business commentary that I have read in the wake of this news basically said, like, they may not actually lose that much money. You know, the insulin manufacturers, most people don't pay the list price. There's pharmacy benefit managers and mandatory rebates for Medicare and Medicaid. Like there's a a whole kind of complex web underneath the list price that these companies set that filters down and determines what actual patients have to pay for their medications. So it's entirely possible that like they can bring that list price down quite a bit. They can cover the out-of-pocket cost for people that would be above $35 a month and still make a pretty good profit on insulin because this is a drug that we know costs only something like $10 a vial to produce. So there's still plenty of money to be made. You know, there's three major manufacturers, at least of insulin in the U.S., at least To this point, Eli Lilly is the only one who has said that they will provide this drug for $35 a month for essentially everyone. And so, like, maybe they start to get a bigger market share if the other companies don't follow suit. So, like, it's not necessarily going to be all that bad for Eli Lilly's business either. And they get the PR shine and people get drugs more affordably. So, it really does seem to me like close to a all winners, no losers situation.
0: Okay, so just to be clear here, you're saying that insulin's only costing them about 10 bucks to make, but they were selling it for as much as like 250 for people a month? How did that get to
2: be? Well, the US has set up this really warped market for pharmaceuticals that has allowed these three companies to basically dominate the insulin business for the better part of a century. And for a long time, that gave them free reign to set prices as high as they wanted to. And because this is an essential medicine that people need to survive, people and their insurers were gonna have to pay it. But because of the way that the U.S. has set up its prescription drug market, That's what gave these companies such freedom to keep hiking prices and what put us in this position in the first place.
0: More on that drug market with Dylan in a minute on Today Explained.
1: today explained comes from Bombas. Regular listeners may know I'm in my gym rat era and I recently ran seven miles on the treadmill and got terrible blisters. Were my socks the culprit didn't occur to me until just now when I saw that Bombas features foot-hugging honeycomb arch support, cushioned footbeds, and anti-blister tabs. They also have other apparel like t-shirts and underwear. According to Bombas, every time you buy something from Bombas, they donate one essential clothing item to someone facing homelessness. Sarah Frank works on the business side of things at Vox. Did she get blisters? I don't know. Let's hear what Sarah has to say. I've had several pairs of Bombas over the
0: years and recently I had a chance to try both the compression socks and the women's hiking socks. And this is a true upgrade to my Bombas collection.
1: You can head over to bombas.com/slash explained and use code explained for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash explained and use the code explained at checkout. Support for this episode of Today Explained comes from the Wondery Podcast. Wiki Hole. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued or what was in Al Capone's vault? Did you know he had a vault? Do you know which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, what are you doing? You're not spending enough time on Wikipedia, clearly. But that's OK, because you can learn about it on the new podcast WikiHole from Smartless Media. Host Darcy Cardin, Leads you down the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia. Her comedian friends join her. They bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you know what the tympanic membrane is. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through links until. It gets somewhere. You can follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.
0: I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Today explained, we are back with Dylan Scott, senior health correspondent here at Vox. And Dylan, we were talking about insulin prices in the first half of the show. I want to talk about insulin, the drug, for a minute. How did this thing come to be? I believe we owe a debt of gratitude to a
2: Canadian. It's true. It's a little difficult to fix an exact date It was toward, toward the end of July 1921. Insulin was discovered about 100 years ago by four men, Frederick Banting James Collop, John McLeod, and Charles Best. Many Canadians? Several. It was a group of Canadians, actually. <laughs> when we first saw the um, dramatic lowering of the blood sugar of a dog when we gave it a an extract from pancreas that we thought was potent. So what they did was they extracted insulin from the pancreas of a, of a healthy dog, and they gave that insulin to a dog that had diabetes to see if it would control the second animal's blood sugar substituting for the insulin that it's supposed to be making on its own but can't because it has diabetes Hmm. and It worked. The dog lived for longer than they, you know, expected or it would have without the insulin. How did the dog get diabetes? Was it eating too many lollipops? Animals can get diabetes. Sean, when I was a young boy, I gave my neighbor's cat insulin when they were, like, out of town. Diabetes. (laughs) I don't know how it it happens. I guess, I presume it's, like you say, the same kind of thing. Like, it can be diet-related maybe some animals are born with diabetes, just like some people basically are born with diabetes. For some reason, I read your cat insulin story as like, just for fun, but you're
0: saying your neighbors asked you to do this. Yes,
2: oh my, wow, what kind of person do you think I am? Um, (laughs) But yeah, so like, animals can develop diabetes, just the same as people. So anyway, point being, they tested this insulin from a healthy dog on a diabetic dog, It worked. It helped to manage the second dog's blood sugar better than, you know, he would be able to naturally. And so they were like, I think we've got it. And they started testing it on people. This was a really big deal. Before insulin was discovered, the people with type 1 diabetes, which was that, uh, what, again, you usually develop earlier in your life, there was just nothing to do for folks. Well, I knew I was going to die. Everybody of that age with diabetes then died within four or five years, whatever they did. There was a young man who had type 1 diabetes who was the first person uh, they administered the insulin to, and they found, again, that it was successful in managing a person's blood sugar. And so, you know, they recognized the significance of this discovery, and what they decided to do was sell the patent for insulin to the University of Toronto for a dollar. And, you know, one of the guys who had discovered it, Frederick Banting, said that he thought insulin belonged to the world. And so that's why they were basically just giving away this drug that, you know, even back then was self-evidently an enormous deal, but, you know, over time private enterprise entered the picture and those you know altruistic intentions did not provide that guarantee that those guys hoped that everybody who needed insulin would be able to get it so basically
0: these four scientists invent insulin start saving lives immediately and i guess have been rolling over in their graves ever since they died
2: because of what's happened to prices here presumably so You know, it became obvious very quickly that private drug companies saw the business opportunity here and they weren't going to hold back from it. And, you know, over the following decades, drug companies did make really important improvements to insulin. You know, they made it longer lasting. More recently, they've made it more rapid acting. And like those can be really important for people's life management. You know, if you need to time your insulin injection based on like when you're going to eat a meal, having a really dependable release and knowing exactly when your insulin is going to kick in can be really important. And, you know, they eventually, we started with the animal insulin that these guys up in Canada first used. But over time, you know, we started to develop like human kind of bioengineered human insulin, which was even more effective. And then more recently, synthetic insulins have kind of become the dominant product on the market, and those come with certain advantages, especially for certain patients, again, in terms of being longer lasting or more rapid acting. But the problem is, for given the way that the prescription drug market is structured for all drugs, not just insulin, is it became really easy for these three companies, Eli Lilly, Sanofi, and Nova Nordisk, to just kind of dominate the insulin market. You know, by the 90s and the 2000s, they were the only game in town. These new synthetic insulins were the hottest products that they had developed. And we suddenly started to see prices skyrocket. I believe from nineteen ninety-nine to twenty nineteen, the price of some insulins increased by a thousand percent. What? And you know, that's where we started to see these horrible stories about people rationing insulin and just finding that this medication that they depended on to stay alive was no longer affordable. A thousand percent. How how do people not take to the streets with pitchforks? Well, I do think, you know, what we've started to see here in the last year or two is sort of the, the culmination of people's anger and frustration with what's been going on. But the truth of the matter is, like, the U.S. has set up a system for prescription drugs that basically allows companies to do that. As people might know, when a, a company develops a new drug like One of these synthetic insulins, they get a monopoly on it. They're the only company that can sell it for ten years or more before a generic competitor can basically copy the drug and try to sell it at a lower cost. But like beyond that initial monopoly that these companies are given, you know, they've got all kinds of ways for extending that patent. You know, they can make little adjustments to the you know chemical compounds that are in these drugs. They can even, in the case of insulin, like make changes to the devices that people use to inject the insulin into their bodies, and that can help to extend the patent. And once we ended up in this situation where there were three companies, you know, huge companies that had basically the entire U.S. insulin market under their control, you know, it became really unappealing for anybody to try to enter that market and provide a cheaper, you know, competitive alternative. Hmm. Because what these companies can do, you know, because they are setting these list prices that are so much higher than the cost of production, if they start to hear rumblings that like, oh, this other fourth company is thinking about getting involved in, in producing insulin, they can just drop their prices and still make a profit as we're seeing right now. And for that fourth company that was thinking about getting into the insulin game, suddenly it's a lot less appealing business opportunity. And we've seen that kind of thing happen over the years where there was Rumblings that a new company was thinking about getting involved and ultimately pulled out because the existing manufacturers preemptively cut prices. And it's really only been here in the last couple of years. When there's been these new ventures, Civica Rx, that cooperative of hospital systems, and some of these state projects that are starting to get underway in California and elsewhere, where like there actually isn't any kind of profit motive there. Like those nonprofits and those government programs, those would be selling insulin for the cost to produce it. And like that's a much bigger disruption than these companies have faced before. And I think that's why we're starting to see them take more aggressive actions to try to address the cross-cross. Before those projects really get going.
0: So now that Eli Lilly is capping the price of insulin at $35, do you at least think the other two companies that are competitive in this market, Novo Nordisk and Sanofi,
2: are they going to lower the cost of insulin too, at least? Well, they are definitely already under pressure to match what Eli Lilly has done. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, I imagine gleefully sent a letter to Sanofi and Nova (laughs) Nordis asking them to lower their costs, uh, out-of-pocket costs, to $35 a month and match what Eli Lilly had done. As a result of the pressure that the American people are now putting on the pharmaceutical industry, telling them to stop the greed, stop ripping off the American people. As a result of all of that, What we saw today is Eli Lilly substantially lowered the price they're going to be charging for insulin. And now we are demanding that the other two major insulin uh, manufacturers also lower their prices. President Biden has called on the other manufacturers to follow. Eli Lilly said these other companies could do the same thing, twisting the knife, I imagine, just a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if in relatively short order, we see these other companies do the same thing.
0: What about other drugs, Dylan? Insulin's obviously a big deal because, as you've said several times here, people need it to live. But there are plenty other drugs that people rely on that are out of reach in terms of
2: price. That's true. And yeah, the basic structure of the prescription drug market that I described that allowed this to happen is still in place and it applies to all these other medications. And I mean, I think, you know, we are starting to see more interesting experiments in prescription drug pricing later this year. Medicare will be allowed to start negotiating the prices of a small number of drugs for the first time. But still, you know, it's a small number of drugs that will grow over the rest of the decade. But like, that's a big step that for a long time seemed totally out of reach. But I think one of the most interesting things to watch is this idea of the public production of essential medications. Um, You know, it's starting with insulin. That's what California is going to focus on. That's what Gretchen Whitmer wants Michigan to focus on. But the same kind of model could easily apply to other drugs. You know, I know the people who are working on these kinds of projects and proposals, they're starting to imagine a future where, like, maybe California produces a public generic insulin and maybe Washington State purchases that public insulin from California, and they concentrate on manufacturing EpiPens or some drug that's experiencing a shortage or some other kind of essential medication where there appears to be a market failure that is either, you know, led to not enough of that drug being available or the prices being too high. And so, you know, you could have a future where states specialize in producing certain essential medications and trade with one another. That would be a huge disruption to the pharmaceutical market as it currently exists. You know, that's a long way off, even like California's plans for a public insulin has to get through a bunch of legal and regulatory and scientific barriers to actually get to the point where they can put a product on pharmacy shelves. But given the scale of the drug affordability crisis, given especially how pronounced the problems have been with insulin in particular. States have have gotten a lot more ambitious in terms of what they're willing to consider to try to do something about it. And I don't know that there's any coming back from that. People have just seen pretty plainly how absurd it is that these kinds of drugs could be unaffordable for people in the wealthiest nation on earth. Um, And so whether it's applying this public pressure to try to get companies to do the right thing on their own, as we've seen with Eli Lilly, or these kind of alternative models for producing drugs, like having the government do it, that I think, you know, 20 years ago would have been almost unthinkable, are suddenly, you know, being taken seriously. And so I think that is just a sign of how much the conversation around drug prices has changed in the last five to 10 years.
0: Dylan Scott, read and weep at Vox.com. Our program today was produced by Halima Shah. She had help from Laura Bullard, Matthew Collette, Amina Sadi, and Patrick Boyd. I'm Sean Ramos It's Today Explained.